0: This is an SBC Media Partners production. Swung on hit high out here. Right
1: Phillies fans, these are your glove stories
0: with Murph. Let's check in with Greg Murphy. Murph, you got a special guest, huh? Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Glove Stories with Murph. Brought to you by the Parks Casino Sportsbook app and the great folks at Red Robin. It is great to be back with you, and it is great welcome in our guest today. He is actually uh, a guy that I had an opportunity to cover while with the team uh, over the last decade or so. He's a guy that I got to know very well. Always fun to be around and uh, and a big part of the personality of the teams uh, between the 2010 and 2020 era uh, that uh, I was doing the field reporting. So it's great to welcome in Cameron Rupp, who joins us today from Texas. Uh, Cam, good to see you, first of all. And uh, thanks for being here. I'm doing great.
2: You're looking good. Uh, yeah, you know, just, just settling into this new life that I'm, uh, living down here back home, um, in Texas. Uh, And I tell you, I, I, I miss it, but I'm, I'm very happy where I am now.
0: Well, we're going to talk about that because what you're doing now is
2: really kind of
0: cool, kind of interesting, and I, I don't want to hear a little bit about it. But I want to start uh, with some of the glove stories because that's that's what it's all about here on the podcast. And you know, like I said at the beginning, you know, I got to know you and and a lot of your teammates over the course of the years that uh, that you were with the Phillies five years, starting in 2013 uh, when you made your major league debut. But even before that, uh, let's go back to your your early days in Texas because. I, I know sports was always a big part of your life, a big part of your family's life. You, you mm-hmm. were not the first uh, baseball player in your family to play at a professional level.
2: No, um, you're right. My uh, my dad and my grandfather, I don't know. My grandfather passed away when I was three months old, so I never got to develop any kind of relationship with him. But, um, I do know he played a little bit of ball himself in the Dodgers organization way back, you know, there's no telling years um, before my dad's time. But uh, my dad, mostly he played college ball at the University of Houston and then went on to have a little bit of a career in um, in with the Montreal Expos organization. And uh, that was way before my time. And but he still tells me stories about those days uh, when we get to talking and reliving. Cause there's, it actually was pretty cool. Um, When I played in the New York Penn league and the Florida state league, I played in the same stadiums that he did. Um, So we got to kind of share some of those memories together, really special. Um, And it was, uh, it was cool to talk about. It's still cool to talk about because we both, we got to live out our dream i did a little bit further than he did but um he got to live his dream through me and, and is uh it was really cool yeah
0: you know those the father-son connections uh stories that that we hear very often in the world of sports are, are some of my favorite and we've talked to so many guys over the course of this season and and so many so many of you guys have had that experience where where you know dad got to a particular level, and and then the son was able to take that and kind of run with it and and make it all the way to the big leagues, which was, I'm sure, your father's dream. It was certainly your yeah. dream, uh, and you were able to make it a reality. But but going back, it, just growing up, I mean, so you have a younger brother and a younger sister. I would mm-hmm. imagine that uh, the Rupp household was constantly busy, depending on the season, going. with sports, right?
2: Going, going, yeah. going. Um, you know, it, we outnumbered our mom and dad, you know, there's three of us and two of them. So it's very hard at that for all point. Of us to be, <laughs> it's very hard for us to be, you know, at, uh, at this, everywhere we needed to be without hitching a ride from somebody, but, uh, yeah, my brother, he, uh, he played ball all the way through college. Um, uh, but never got the chance to play, um, professionally. He's he's a lot smaller than me. Um. You know, people see us together and they're like, there's no way y'all are related. They're two complete opposite ends of the spectrum, just like my mom and dad. Right. And, uh, he's more, he got more of my mom's side than I got my dad's, but, uh, uh, he played, uh, sports. My sister, she played or she participated. How about that? She participated. (laughs) She was not much of the sport. She played a little bit of soccer. Um, little bit of softball as a kid, but then she was a competitive dancer. Okay. She, she danced, did the drill team in high school and then went on to college and, and just kind of living the everyday corporate American life. And, uh, but we were always going. And one of my favorite stories that I, that I like to tell is when I was, I think I was nine or 10 years old Now, obviously I can't drive, Um uh, my brother and sister had to be somewhere so my mom took them i'm stuck at home waiting to go to baseball practice my dad says he will be home in time to take me my dad's one of the coaches he's an assistant coach right and he gets there and damn it we're late We're, we're late we're getting to the field so they've already started practice well, because I'm like, guess who's got to run? Me. <laughs> I'm 10 years old. I can't drive. So I'm out there running sprints, running across the outfield while my dad's coaching. And I'm just looking back, just like, you know what this, I, there's nothing that I could have done. I could, well, I guess I could have called and gotten a ride, but I was told that I was going to be on time and all this mess. And my dad just, he gets in the, he gets in the car after, after practice goes. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, it should have been you running, not me. I couldn't do anything about it, you know? And, uh, and, and so that we were always on the move, you know, and, and my mom, she's the best. She, I can't tell you how many times she dropped me off at practice and my dad would take me home. And then whatever, for my next practice, if it was the next day or a couple of days later, I left my bag in my dad's car. <laughs> Oh, you God. know, and you, and she's having to drive to Dallas to go get it and, and come back and take me to practice. And she, she was a champ. She, she did it for us and she yeah. made, she still keep, makes our family go around and, and, uh, but it was, always oh, we were moving, going around and then obviously football started and right, that was a whole nother deal. Yeah. Yeah, the,
0: the, listening to you tell that story, it, it, it's really, it's the great American story. It, mm-hmm. It's what families go through from coast yeah. to coast and yeah, from north yeah. to south. Uh, you know, the, the bags in the other car. You got to be kidding me. The yeah. The oh, yeah. Car, yeah.
2: Well, that, those weren't the words that were said. You yeah, got to be well, kidding me. There was a few <laughs> other choice words in there, Murph. <laughs> oh, believe me. I know it. I've said it.
0: Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it's great. <clears throat> you mentioned football. Um, you were all, obviously always a big kid. Uh, what what was your first love? Was baseball the first love? Or-
2: oh, yeah. Baseball was my first love. Uh, football was a very, very close second. Um, I had opportunities to play football in college. Um, but I had a a I was just kind of your, there was no future. There was no future past if I went to college. I, I don't think. I could be wrong. I could have gotten bigger, stronger, faster. I don't know were you lineman um huh were you a lineman linebacker yeah linebacker right. okay. and uh and defensive end kind of i i played on that outside edge kind of sometimes i was up sometimes i was down um but um had the opportunities to play in college but it was more my futures in baseball um uh, i just happened to be good at football um i was a, i was an overall pretty good athlete growing up hated playing basketball. I made the B team in seventh grade and I was like, I'm done. I don't (laughs) wanna do this anymore. Hated track, couldn't run. Uh, But football was, was, I mean, Friday night in Texas, you're playing in front of 15,000 people, you know, small towns completely shut down. There's nothing open. Uh, you know, the movie Friday Night Lights and the TV show, they, they paint, paint a pretty good picture of what, what football's like in Texas during high school season. And, uh, and it, it, it was special to be a part of something like that. And, uh, but I, I think I made the right choice.
0: Yeah, I I think you probably did for sure. Uh but uh, you know when you, when you think back and I, you know even guys like myself who never made it past collegiate sports um it, it, the memories of those times and and we didn't have yeah. high school football like that here um but but you know I did play baseball and play in, you know in big tournaments and those memories to this day are some of the best you know sport sporting memories that I have. I I, I know you and I have had this conversation before or I'm, I'm pretty sure we have but when you think about you know getting to the big leagues and and kind of realizing that dream, where does where does high school football in Texas fall into that hierarchy of of awesome sports moments in your life? Way at the bottom. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> See, I actually well, there are guys that are different.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's a it's very difficult to compare because they're two, they're on the same scale. When you say, as far as where Texas high school football is, yeah, to the big leagues, like it's the big leagues of Texas. If you don't play in college, and if you go and win your state championship, and you're you're in, you know, that's the big leagues of Texas. And then you know, obviously, the big leagues playing baseball. I mean, that's that's your dream from the time you first put on a glove, you know, and for most kids i guess i should yeah. say yeah um and, and doing that and everybody would always ask me you know what's it like what's it like you know what uh, and i'd always tell them it is everything you think it is times about a million <laughs> you know and it was it's just I mean, you're, you literally get to live out your dream that you set on, you have, you know, you're in the backyard playing wiffle ball with your brother, or your sister, or whoever, and your friends, and you're at the bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, game seven of the World Series. Everybody says it, right? Yep. And obviously, you know, I, I didn't have the opportunity to, to do any of that, but, um, you know, I, I, I got to live it in a major league stadium and yep. that's, that's the coolest part um for me is you know i set out on this goal as you know i guess it's like my dad said we talked about this the other day this is the first year in 29 years that i haven't played baseball almost 30 years and it's like wow i got to do that for third almost 30 years and that's that's special in itself and and so i mean it's two do di- it, it's it's two different scales when when you compare them but In Texas football is a big league high school football playoffs Friday nights big leagues but then the major league baseball it's that's that dream as a kid
0: yeah yeah that's great perspective when you think about it like that it Mm -hmm. really is um all right so uh you play out your your high school years uh playing baseball and I I went back and I was looking at your numbers and they're (laughs) they're just ridiculous but but I think most guys that end up in the big leagues just had ridiculous numbers yeah. in high school. Not everybody, but most guys, but yours were ridiculous. But even when you got to, I think one year, just to put it in perspective, you batted close to 700, uh, one season. In yeah, your my high senior season I hit like yeah. six
2: sixty-five or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good year. You're getting yeah, on. I was, I was, you know, I was happy with it, I guess.
0: Yeah. It was, it was okay with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah you I, get drafted out of high school mm-hmm. by the Pittsburgh pirates. You think better of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, yeah. You wanted to you wanted to go to college, right? I yeah, I know you. And I thought to myself, you wanted to go and play in Texas, right? That's what you wanted yeah, to do.
2: That was, you know, from the they when everybody was coming to the house, talking scouts, everything, we told them and said, it's gotta be life-changing, big time dollars. Right. I want to go to school. And if it's not gonna be the first few rounds and a lot of money. Don't even bother, right? You know, and I got some phone calls early in the draft asking for, and I I had told them my number, and I wasn't coming off of it. And so you know, they the pirates ended up taking me really really late, and they said, "Well, we'll see what we have left over, and if we can do something, we'll do something," and I said okay. And obviously they didn't. Um, and I tell you that w- going to Texas was th- the best decision I've ever made. Um, the three best years of my life, uh, played for a national championship. Um, love, love. I mean, every bit of, you know, our football team was great. Yep. We were great. Um, one, conference championships and like I said played for a national championship in uh in Omaha and that that's you know that I mean it's just another chapter in the story to write. Yeah. And uh, and a great one. Yeah. I mean and, and you know my some my parents I'll catch my parents talking about it sometimes when they're watching TV, watching um uh, you know like when the World Series is on and they're watching it, they'll say man, they'll compare bigly games to my three years in Texas they just the friendships everybody made the yeah. the the families it, it was a really special time and, and uh, I, I'm 100% glad that I chose that route because when I got to low A in Lakewood New Jersey I don't know if I was an 18 or 19 year old kid would have been able to survive some of them 13 14 hour bus rides right. away from my family that that, that that's a very very difficult step to take
0: yeah yeah and you know so much baseball is such a unique sport in that uh world because so many guys do come right out of high school I mean I, I think about where I was mentally physically in high school mm-hmm. uh to come out and immediately be thrust into an adult world because you're living on your own you're you're trying to figure things I mean yeah roommates and teammates and stuff like right. that but 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 still it, it's it's a difficult uh way of life you know uh, ben davis a g- good friend of mine you know the, the yeah. second overall pick in the draft he he got dropped off halfway across the country at a- age 18 and was like they were that was it he was on go his own it. and here you go good luck yeah yeah go and and go play ball and and, yeah. and play well one of the yeah. toughest sports in the world to play when yeah. you're not in the right headspace, and you oh, got to go out there and do it but oh, i think my. the other part of it cameron and, and again knowing you you embrace the college experience. right? I mean, you were a college student and, and, mm-hmm. and enjoyed everything about college the oh, way yeah.
2: most of us do, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, school was hard. Uh ba- balancing school and uh and and sports is very difficult. There's a lot of nights. I I I won't say I pulled too many all-nighters, but I mean, it was a you were monday through friday you're constantly going and it's eight o'clock to you know 6 30 7 o'clock every single day it's almost like a full-time job going to class and days you didn't have class you were still at the academics center doing study hall right. preparing for tests writing papers whatever it may have been um but it, it it's a very it's a you learn to balance you learn, how to, you learn how to balance things and you learn, uh, you learn how to take care of yourself because you don't, I mean, you got a lot of people helping you, you, a lot of guidance, uh, a lot of people doing your schoolwork sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you, you know, you, it's still a very, I mean, it's a, a student athlete is a full-time freaking job, man. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at a university like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, some of the bigger sports as well. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember my first, so I went to, I graduated from a real small private school, 88 people or something in our class first college class. I walked into at 350 people. (laughs) You want to talk about bright eyed looking like where? And so I sure as hell took that backseat corner (laughs) and just (laughs) kept my mouth shut put the, the hat time. down. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. head down hat during and I just was on my computer and acted like I was taking notes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: <laughs> I can I can totally picture that scene. I think that happens uh across the country daily uh at, at, yeah. our, at our major universities but Absolutely. um but like you said you wouldn't you wouldn't trade those days for anything. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, you know, I know you're still a big UT guy in terms yeah. of watching the football and, and I would imagine still watching their baseball program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you get back there at all ever?
2: Um, yeah, uh, I went, I was, I, I caught, they were actually up in Dallas. They had a couple games in Dallas, uh, this year that I caught, um, didn't make it to Austin for any games, um, but, uh, kept up with them. I'm actually, uh. Going back to school, I'm finishing my degree Finishing school yeah. You. and this first couple of semesters, I'm going online, doing everything, um, virtual, but then to graduate, I will actually go back down to Austin and, uh, I'm going to be their student coach. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to apply for that, that gig and, and get to run around and, and kind of start, start a little coaching career. There you go. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, the, the dream, uh,
0: happens again, cause you get drafted again, obviously mm-hmm. this time by the Phillies and this time in the third round, um, it was the 43rd round the first time with the Pirates yeah. third round with the Phillies. And at that point, after three years of college, you're ready to go. Uh, yeah. what, what do you remember about, uh, the, the first time, um, you know, you, you heard, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be a part of the Phillies organization.
2: Do you remember what that was like? Well, yeah, because uh, I was we were practicing, we were getting ready for Super Regional um, my junior year of college and uh, they had the first round the night before and uh, I thought it was kind of a long shot in that first round, but there was still there was still a chance um, that I may get picked up if numbers were right or whatever. And uh but the second day, they, there was about four or five teams that had said, if you're available, we're taking you. And, um, some of those didn't work out. Um, but then all of a sudden we're practicing yeah, mid morning, uh, our baseball ops guy goes Philadelphia Phillies. I was like, oh, which, which I had had a couple of, uh, interviews with them, Okay, but didn't have a phone call the day before, or right? it was it was a couple other uh Red Sox, Mets, um, uh, Tigers. Those those were the three teams that were, had really shown the most interest. And so odds and Phillies, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and, and-
0: uh and just to put it in perspective, this was 2010 10, Yeah, in the middle of the Phillies uh, greatest run in, in mm-hmm. franchise history. Right.
2: Yeah. Just won a world series. Um, I believe Roy Halladay, yep. um, which ju- just came over Cliff Lee came back. Um, all, uh, it, I was like, dang, okay, cool. Yep. And you know, they told me, you know, this is a, you know, a very good organization to be a part of, um, uh, in a sense of you know winning is they're winning um teams are the players are kind of older so they'll be kind of towards the end of their careers and and there's an opportunity yeah. for you you know being a high draft pick if i go perform we'll see yep and, and again, uh and,
0: and really that's kind of the way it played out for you yeah
2: yeah it yeah. did it it worked out uh there there is a there's a little bit of luck involved in some and in, in, in this game you need that a lot no doubt uh it, it, it's luck for me bad luck for others um but that's just that's part of the way the game works
0: yeah and that's true in any walk of life you mm-hmm. know it, it's it just is you know sometimes you need a break and and that break you want to call it luck you want to call it being in the right place whatever yeah. it, 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 you, it's life it's, that's the way that's the way things work exactly um, so real quickly the minor leagues uh you weren't there long obviously mm-hmm. now you had already played your 3 years of, of collegiate ball so that's you know very similar to the the low a you know uh, Clearwater yeah. kind of kind of level so you had you'd had been there kind of done that uh and made your way through the organization do, do you have do you have positive memories of being in the minor leagues or for you was it just uber focused i got to get to the big leagues at um, this
2: um i mean it it, it was uh I mean, I had the focus of, of getting to the big leagues and what I wanted to do, but I wasn't going to let that get in the way of me still playing the game, having fun um, developing relationships with the guys that I played with. Um, and, and just playing the game. Um, you know, I think if you, this game can beat you down and it can humble you really, really quick. And it goes, it's not just, you know, getting too big for your britches. But if you have too much focus and you're too tense and you're it can drive you down and it, it can beat you down mentally and physically whereas if you're playing having fun having a good time um and, and really just living while you're playing that that's that's what helped me um i i tried you know I, i'm a goofy guy i enjoy to have a good time make people laugh laugh at myself um uh not get too hard on myself there's times where you know i made my mistakes and i had to you know beat myself up punish myself whatever um that that was part of it but i never I, i always say i was just dumb enough not to let myself get in a slump and not dumb and i'm just dumb enough not to get too big for my britches
0: you know what that's a good way of thinking about mm-hmm. virtually everything yeah. uh when you think about it uh yeah and and that's that's what i remember about you so um a, a lot of the guys that made their major league debuts in and around the same time that you did obviously you came up with mm-hmm. uh through the organization I'm, I'm thinking the first guy that comes to mind is tommy joseph because i know you guys uh were tight uh uh-huh. still tight i'm imagining to, to yes this day. yeah yeah we're
2: uh yeah, me, Tommy, Cody, Ashy, and Darren Ruff. We were all kind of right there in that same uh, same time period. Uh, we we have a group message that hasn't stopped, and it goes off every day. And um, <laughs> and and actually, you know, Tommy was kind of part of my good luck when he got traded over. He got too many foul balls to the head, and I was playing well enough, and I kind of just took over that little spot he was in. And uh, and but it, that didn't stop us from from our our friendship. It didn't yeah. quit uh, at that point when I traded spots with him. Uh, you know he couldn't have been more supportive, proud. Um, yes, that could have been him just as easily. Um, but he still he still made it. He yeah, figured he it out. Did. And I think that just shows a little bit of the character he yeah. has. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, you- and I, I think a, a, one of the a popular question I used to get asked was a little like, "Well, what about the guy that's below you or your backup?" Or they, and it was like, "It's a professional competition, yeah, but you understand it's on the field. It's not you. You see, you can't sit there and wish for somebody, wish them to fail, wish failure on somebody. That that just makes it worse for you." Yeah, because now you're putting pressure on yourself, but in all, it's just not being a good person, right? Um, you know, you want the best. You take care of your own self. You're going to give yourself the best chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, and just so folks understand that uh, Tommy was a catcher, and and when he came over from San Francisco, they decided because of the concussion issues, they switched him to to first base, and that allowed, uh, you know, gave you another opportunity to to slide in there and and yeah. you know yeah, show them what you were doing. It, you know, you are coming in. Uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. You, you make your major league debut uh, in 2013. Uh, Eight years I remember ago it, today. What's that? Eight years
2: ago today. I didn't realize that. Day. I did Eight realize, years you, ago, September I made my 10th. Debut. You're
0: absolutely right. Yeah, we're taping Eight this years on years. September the 10th. Well, congratulations, happy anniversary. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah, right? So, it, in so many ways what we're doing glove stories, the, this idea of this podcast for you guys to come back and tell these to me, the the best glove story for almost every one of you is the day you get to the big leagues and make mm-hmm. your major league debut for you. That's eight years ago today. What was that day like for you tell, well, when you found out and then, okay. then you were coming up and then you got into the game.
2: So it's kind of a, uh, so it, I was, I actually got called up a week before I made my debut and, um, uh, that, like, I get goosebumps thinking about it because it's such a special time yeah. for anybody. But for me, um, my family was in Lehigh, um, uh, that whole last week of the season and, uh, just we were playing in Lehigh and Scranton. So it was a real close commute. And so we were going back and forth and, and they were there. My brother, sister, um, dad, mom, everybody's up there. We're, you know, last game, they're set to take off the last day of the season. And I'm driving home. I got my, I'm packed up, you know, nobody know you don't know anything. Right. And um, I say goodbye, you know, see y'all at home, whatever. I get to the field and we have a one o'clock game or something like that, you know, 12 o'clock, one o'clock game and about 10 30, I get a phone call from my dad and he's like, Hey, I'm going to stay, stay. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll fly home tomorrow. Like I'm not, I, I'm going to fly home tomorrow or, or drive back with you. Oh, okay. And it, it, and to me, it never really crept into my mind as, as well he's gonna stay and wait for me to get called up i don't know if i'm getting called up i don't have a clue because steve la was on that team and he had been in the big leagues up and down all year so i don't know what i don't know how this works and how i guess you say the politics of baseball go at this point in my career i'm still i was 24 years old and uh and so after the game, we played the game. I they took me out in the sixth inning and I was pissed. I was like, why? I'm fine. Let me, what are we doing? Oh, you're good. Yeah. Have happy offseason. You know, like, screw you, Brundy. Like, no. Brundy <laughs> love Brandy. <loved> and, Brandy. <laughs> you know, and, and so you know, I was like, okay, whatever. My and I go to the clubhouse, put my turf shoes on, come back out. And, don't think anything of it, and and go back. Start packing. Uh, you know, get a couple of texts. Hey, congratulations! Season's over. Da 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 da. Um, packing my stuff up, I walk by Brundy's office to go grab my bats, and he goes, "Come here," and I'm like, he didn't say a name. I'm like, me. Yeah, come on. He goes. How are you feeling? Fine. I don't know. I don't understand why you took me out, but whatever. You know, I know it's the last game of the year and you want everybody to play or something. I I don't know. And he goes, Well, are you going to clean yourself up? And at this point, now, this was eight years ago. So you got to think, I had a lot more hair (laughs) and I had kind of grown it out. Man, I looked this grease ball old man look probably had a mustache like just and uh he's you're gonna clean yourself up mm-hmm. he's like well there's a dress code in philadelphia you gotta look nice and i was like he was, yeah congratulations shook my hand gave me a hug mm-hmm. sal was in there ray burris um they all congratulations give me a big hug and i'm like you know i'm almost shaking yeah you know, this this is what you dream of and so I get on the phone i call my mom or i call my brother first i call my brother first he's biggest fan I call my brother and he's uh i tell him all right he's fired up he's like when how do i get there i gotta get there tomorrow right and my mom and sister were together so i had them on speakerphone and my dad is just sitting out in the stands he's got no <laughs> waiting idea. for you Dude, yeah, You got no idea. He's like, and, and, uh, and finally, I mean, I called so many people and my dad still saying, he's like, what are you doing? Like, what's the deal? And, uh, finally I walked out. I told I said, like, Hey, come down by the dugout. You know, I'm about ready. I come out there and I just kind of looked at him and I wasn't going to say anything. And I could and I just put my arms out and gave him a huge hug, no words know nothing and i i got to say tell him i said and i didn't say i did it i said we did it because he was such a huge part of my life and my career um and both of us had tears in our eyes and i mean that's the first time i've really seen my dad cry and that, that was a really really special special moment i goosebumps thinking about it. And you
0: and me both. <laughs> I mean <laughs> and, I, and a, I know the story. So <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's just a it, it's just it was it's one of those things you dream of. It, yeah. And not just not just getting to the big leagues, but being able to do something like that. And it's not just a phone call and everybody's scrambling to get to Philadelphia. You know, he was right there and got to drive into Philadelphia with me from Lehigh
0: that's that's awesome when you yeah. start to think what that must have meant for him uh yeah. and your family uh just it's it's so cool and yeah. and it, a part of what i got to do over that course of the decade uh was was interview your family the families mm-hmm. of the guys that had been called up and you know every once in a while i'd pop into the stands and interview I, i'm i pretty sure i interviewed your father uh the day you made your first major Absolutely. start. probably yeah i i think i did um <clears throat> but uh But that comes a week later. You're starting in a major league baseball game, and uh, that in and of itself is just probably just an amazing feeling. Um, Do you remember that game? Do you remember, like, everything about it, or do you remember almost nothing about it?
2: Oh, I remember a lot of it. So I remember uh, Rhino comes up to me, and he told me, he's like, hey, you're catching – I don't remember – I think we had an off day. It might have been a Tuesday. We had a a day off he's like hey you're catching on the day off or the day after the day off and that away you know it's my debut he's like you can tell your family you're coming you know get get everybody up there that wants to be there and uh and so we're playing san diego and (laughs) my buddy's pitching andrew kashner we, he's a couple of years older than me. We grew up playing against each other. Um, uh, when I played up, and uh, he it was funny when uh, when he saw he's he texted, he said, You're not getting your first hit off of me, <laughs> you know. So, immediately, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, like, Oh, no, I, uh, how are we going to keep straight faces? How are we going to, you know, and and I remember being nervous. I remember all that. And and it wasn't until the third inning I got my first at bat. I was hitting eight. And uh and he actually had hit before us. I think we were we were down a couple runs early. And uh he uh he hit before I got in the box, before I ever did it. And right. and he looked at me and said, Don't even think about it, buddy. Don't even think about it. And I remember. My first pitch, he threw me threw me a slider and I swung like it was a fastball. Cork screwed me straight into the <laughs> ground and he just smiled and shook his head, you know, and, and ended up striking out my first two at-bats and my third at-bat, I got my, I hit a slider about 48 feet down the third baseline and I hauled ass. Yep. I don't think I've run faster since then. And Safe at first, and then I took a big old tumble right behind first base. Rolled, slid, got right up, and they were safe. Everybody's laughing. I'm laughing. At it. It was awesome. It, it was a really special, special day, and you know, I'll, I'll never forget that one.
0: It's so funny. I've seen so many debuts over the years, and I remember your first hit because of the tumble. I, I, just, I, I remember it. I, I like. I was ninety nine percent sure that that was your first hit. Uh, that I, you know, was going to ask you, but uh, yeah, you know, it's know. hey, it was memorable. You know, Absolutely. big guy like yourself, you, you you hit it like you said, forty eight feet up the third base line, and you're you're busting I'm just it down. Going. Yeah and i don't know just the way you people, drew it up right <laughs> yeah
2: yeah exactly and not many people have probably ever seen me run but i my legs don't they don't go like this i scoot <laughs> i scoot so it's real fun to watch me get once i unhitch a trailer and get going i go
0: <laughs> yeah but but it's stopping is the problem yeah, well, <laughs>
2: yeah i just it's easier for me to go down
0: Exactly. Exactly. I, I, that's that's awesome. And then you know, uh, obviously, that begins the 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 dream. That begins the big league career. And yeah. you know, the 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 years that you were with the Phils organization were down years. Um, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately. Uh, for whatever reason, but you played with some great players great player yeah. i mean first and foremost the guy that uh, was right there next to you uh carlos ruiz mm-hmm. you know i know you You guys had a great relationship and then you know you played with chase and you played with jimmy and you played with roy and cliff guys who, who was on the mound for your for your debut your... uh
2: tyler cloyd okay but, tyler cloyd yeah sure and, okay and uh and, and they paired us up together just because we we had worked together in triple right, A. Makes sense. And it, it just they wanted to make us as comfortable as we could be. And and uh after that, the rest was really history, you know, and um those guys, man, they they were awesome. They were awesome. They these guys have won World Series, yeah, thrown no hitters, um just been done it done everything that you want to do as a player right they've accomplished all this and me coming in, they put me in between ryan howard and chase ugly pretty good spot. and and cody actually was right there next to me and uh and i'm just like i mean big guy looking i'm like man i i watched these guys when i was in high school right you know like these guys made their debut several years before i got into the big leagues and and one you know like i said one world series don't know hitters gold gloves home run derbies all and i'm just and they weren't any different than me they were great human beings guys i mean guys i still call friends that i talk to here and there um and they're just really really special guys and god it, it was it was a lot of fun to be in that clubhouse
0: yeah. And, and I would imagine the, the time you walk in and you see Howard Rupp, uh, Utley in a row, mm-hmm. it, it, that's, that kind of puts everything in perspective. Like, wow, what, what did I just accomplish? Right? Yeah. Yeah. You
2: just, you're sitting there and you're just like, holy smokes. Yeah. like These are the guys, these are the guys and, and, uh, um the guys you look up to the time you know when you're in minor league spring training and you got these guys that come over and play with you or come and talk to you and work out with you they 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 help they help guide you they give you a little bit of information to help you a little bit of advice to get you through the next level and what it takes and and they they did it they did it before us you know and so it just shows you you know if you put your mind in the right spot and go and you work and, and you, you're going to give yourself the best chance for it to play out the way you want it to. Did w- when, when, if ever, does that feeling
0: wear off that, uh, you know, wow, here I am in a major league clubhouse kind of thing. Never,
2: Yeah. never, it, I mean, it, it never does. It's still, every time you came out for batting practice into an empty stadium and you look up and you're just like it's it's just another day but it's not just another day yeah
0: yeah i i i would agree with that you know you, you pinch yourself sometimes when you're getting to live that life mm-hmm. um and and doing what you guys were doing it's it's special yeah. um you, you you played what five seasons with the mm-hmm. fills and then uh you moved on to different organizations uh, never back to the bigs right. um but, uh, but, uh what do you remember about that time uh, as you know one last shot, I guess is what you're thinking to yourself, get me back up there, and yeah, and,
2: uh, um, one last shot it was uh it was kind of a whirlwind for me. um I spent you know, from two thousand eighteen after I was released by Philadelphia in spring training, the very end of spring training, I spent time in Texas, Minnesota, Seattle, San Francisco, Detroit. Yeah, uh, Oakland and Cleveland and uh, while that was a good time, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it had the lifestyle has some incredible perks and then there's always there there's some that are not and let me tell you going from clubhouse to clubhouse year in year out for the last two and a half years like it was it was it got to it got to be miserable. Yeah. um they got to the point where it was like man I'm more worried about walking by that manager's office wondering if I'm gonna have a job than if I'm gonna play that night and when that those thoughts started creeping into my mind I was like hmm. that I, I I may not be in the right frame of mind to keep doing this and and um uh, I I did I have 2019 after that year in Oakland going through, I I gave myself a little bit of time where I was like, I kept working out, kept working out. No phone calls, no interest. I was like, hmm, that, maybe this is it, whatever. And Cleveland called, I think about 10 days before spring training. And I looked at my said, all right, one more time. Let's see. And obviously 2020, was, I don't know if you call it a baseball season or what, you know, I ended up, I was at their alternate site, uh, in Cleveland. And after that was over, I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't, that was, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me as far as this just was not fun. And I, I'm sure that went for a lot of people, but I, I, you're, it did for sure. For me, yeah. for me at, at the point where I was in my career, I was like, this just doesn't, doesn't feel right. Right. You know, it, it just, it wasn't, but I gave it that chance and couldn't be happier for it. And I loved it, every bit of it. And, uh, I had so many amazing moments, teammates. Coaches, I mean, it was it was a very special time in my life, and I'll never forget it, man. No
0: doubt, and and you know, you did it in a city, uh, Philadelphia, who just absolutely loves their sports to to the point where sometimes that's <laughs> it can be difficult it's, it's when hard, things yeah. aren't going well. Yeah, but but you know, you, you certainly don't do it in a vacuum when you do it in Philadelphia. You right. do it in front of passionate fans, good and bad, but Mm -hmm. you do it. Um, And I think I got to believe that would heighten the experience. You know, that, that five years that you spent in the big leagues, that, that was for
2: real, for real, because you're doing it in the Northeast, right? Yes, absolutely. They, I mean, they were awesome. Now they weren't so awesome during football season, but you know, that's another story. That's a that
0: yes. We're gonna I'm gonna get to the we're gonna talk about that for one second (laughs) in a minute. But yes, but go ahead, they were awesome from the baseball. I love
2: them. Uh they were always very kind to me and my family when we were up around walking in the city. Um they're a special group of folks. They're they're blue-collar, hardworking, uh passionate people up there, and and I thank them for the experiences I had. Still stay in contact with some of them on on Twitter and 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 uh, you know it, they were a lot of fun to play in front of you know and it it was disappointing some of those years or all of the years were not really what any of us were really wanted but uh, they were they were a lot of fun to play in front of
0: yeah. Uh, I I would agree with all of that. Uh, you, you, you joked about you're a Cowboys fan. I, if you're watching us right now on YouTube, you can see that Cam has this cowboy hat on, and and there's a reason for that, and that I'm gonna <laughs> get to it really quickly. But uh, but you're a Cowboys fan. You grew up in the shadows of Cowboys Stadium, and yeah. you wear that on your sleeve. Now, obviously, in Philadelphia, the Cowboys are a hated organization, but. But I'll say this to Phillies fans. And I grew up in Philadelphia and I've I've been an Eagles fan my whole life. And but Mike Trout, who went across the country from our neck of the woods, is a rabid Eagles fan. And, and they want our players, Phillies players, to change their allegiance, but they don't want guys like Mike Trout to <laughs> yeah. ever change. It doesn't make any sense. It's ass backwards, Murph. That's right. <laughs> Let this man who has cheered for the Cowboys his entire life, I, I would have less respect for you if you had yeah, switched right? over and started wearing an Eagles jersey just to get the fans to like it. That, yeah. that would have been terrible.
2: And that, you know, and that was always my argument. I like to joke around with the, with the guys on Twitter and I would be like, well, if your job took you to Dallas, are you going to become a a Cowboys fan? Oh my God. No, I never knew that. Oh, that star is just a disgrace. And I was like, okay, well that's it. That's it. Okay. Our conversation's over. Don't say another word about it. Now had you been
0: from, uh, like Cincinnati (laughs) and were a Dallas fan, Okay, then maybe I I could see them getting on. But that would be that's different. You are a Cowboys fan. I always appreciated your allegiance because nowhere, no matter where I go, I'll always be a Philadelphia fan. And I
2: may, I may have been real young, but. I do remember them winning three Super Bowls. When I was a kid. <laughs>
0: all right. Don't bring that up, Cam. All right. <laughs> so,
2: you know, just, just three of them. Just while I was born, there's a few more in there before. Yeah. That but, was a uh, you know,
0: Hey, we got one, we got one recently.
2: Um, yeah. It took you although it's, it's starting to,
0: it's starting to get in the, in the past uh, a yeah, little bit more It took. You, uh, hey, all it right. in the past, but you
2: know, <laughs> I live and die by those numbers before I let you go.
0: Um, the uh this idea that uh that you're a cowboys fan it, it's it's more it's a lifestyle for you i mean what you're doing now you are literally living a cowboy. the cowboy life right mean, that's what yeah. you're doing
2: i traded i traded my uh spikes in for a different set of spikes the ones that are on the back of my boots i have a pair of spurs that i wear every day now yeah. um my best friend and i uh he he grew up uh his family grew up on a ranch and Archer city texas is very 1200 people in this town and uh this this ranch just got passed down to the third generation and uh, we uh, teamed up and started a cattle company and um uh, we run a 270 mama cows on almost 4000 acres wow and um and it it was it never, I always loved the outdoors. I've hunted my whole life, uh, fish been around horses, uh, never, never worked cattle, never understood any of it or what it's like to, to be a cowboy. Um, but I've, I've learned, uh, a lot in, in the last, uh, oh, almost a year um now that we've been doing this together and, and uh it's a lot of fun man it, i mean every uh, there's many mornings i watch the sun rise and the sun set on the back of a horse wow. and uh checking cattle working cattle and, and the cool part about all this is is there's there's other ranches that just neighbor us and um uh, we we day work we go over there we'll help brand their cattle um, move their cattle ship their cattle um, there's been days where I have moved several thousand head of cattle in a week and uh, it, it's a very different lifestyle it, it, I have a very very big backyard now and, uh, and a whole a lot beautiful. of pets yeah that aren't yeah. really pets but you know it's a it's a really it's a lot of fun um hard really work enjoy it. yeah and it, it's work but it's honest work. Yeah. Building fence. Um, uh, you know, I haven't learned how to weld yet. That'll probably be the next deal. Building fence, uh, you know, doctoring cattle. I've become some kind of a what of a makeshift vet. Wow. You know, I had to give you gotta you gotta give shots when they're sick. Um, uh, they're they're just like any other animal. Dogs, they get sick, the cattle, they get sick and, and they spread it really fast too so when they're real young you gotta watch them and uh we're we've got almost 200 baby calves on the ground um and they're they're dropping as we speak and I was out checking on them this morning um I haven't had to pull a calf yet I don't you know I don't know if I'm ready for that or not but one day <laughs> I'm sure I'm gonna have to Hey, if Billy Crystal can do it, you can do it. That's what I like. It. <laughs> I'm not going to name him Norman, though.
0: There you go. Yeah. Cam, uh, I, I, I know you know this already, but uh, you were one of my favorite guys uh, d- during the course of your time in Philadelphia. I've always appreciated your availability and your willingness to, to be mm-hmm. honest and talk about the game. And, and uh, so for that, I thank you. And, and yeah. really, uh, it is so good to see you and see you doing well back at school work in the ranch uh yeah. and uh and living the good life and uh yeah.
2: no one deserves it more than you so uh right, man i really appreciate it and thank you for having me on it's been fun we'll have to do it again sometime
0: absolutely absolutely maybe i'll have to come down to texas we'll do it live that- there you go yeah you can go <laughs> yeah. We'll,
2: we'll teach you how to castrate a calf
0: <laughs> uh, you know, let's, we'll, we'll start maybe just give the shot. I could probably do okay. <laughs> Cameron Rupp joining us uh, this episode of Glove Stories with Murph. Cam, good to see you. Best of luck with everything. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Thanks, Murph. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Murph here, and the Parks Sportsbook app is the official Sportsbook partner of the real Philly sports fan. Bet on it all. Baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Live, in-game play-by-play betting lets you bet While you watch, no better way to bet right now than the Parks Sportsbook app. The only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in Pennsylvania and the only one I recommend. No one does live in-game play-by-play betting better. Bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Parks Sportsbook app. Plus, bet on individual player performances. In baseball, you can bet on hits, home runs, and pitcher strikeouts every inning. How about golf? You can bet on match winners, bet on leaders after rounds, and more. New customers sign up right now and get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use promo code ACTION. Do it now. Your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use that promo code ACTION. The Website has all the details. Get game previews, podcasts, and more on Twitter at Parks Sportsbook. You must be 21 and in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Glove Stories with Murph is brought to you by Red Robin. Whether you're hungry for a juicy gourmet burger with bottomless steak fries and an ice cold beer, or a crispy chicken tender salad and freckled lemonade, whatever you crave, there's something for everyone at Red Robin. So dine in or order curbside to go, delivery or catering. Order online now at order.redrobinpa.com. And welcome back to Glove Stories with Murph, brought to you by the Parks Casino Sportsbook app and the good folks at Red Robin. It is that time where we are reliving the 2008 season, the championship season, and we do so with the manager of the 2008 Phils, Charlie Manuel, is here with us. Uh, Charlie, we're, we're late August now as we relive these games and things are getting exciting. You're not in first place yet. Those New York Mets are a half a game in front of you right now, but you're just coming off a four game sweep of the Los Angeles Dodgers at home Citizens Bank Park 45,000 people on hand on August 26, 2008 the Phillies and the Mets uh, what was it like i mean the atmosphere you know sellouts every night at this point the atmosphere for you guys must have been just awesome
1: you know you know murph I've always say we have we have the most passionate fans the best fans in baseball and when you see, when we play in the Mets, I remember the, the game very, you know, like very good. And I can remember, I remember excitement, energy, life, spirit. And, uh, you know, like, and it was just a roar and it was, uh, it was very, actually it was, it was before the game. You could, you could just yeah. feel the energy in the air. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, like uh, our fans were behind us and, and, and uh, we were in there, you know, like trying to take it to the Mets. And that to me, like, uh, uh, that's probably a typical good setting in, in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a win in this particular game, and you jump into first place. You're in first place with uh, September right around the corner, exactly where you want to be as the season comes down to an end. The thing I remember about the 2008 season, and obviously it started in 2007 when you guys made the late run and, and got into the postseason, but the anticipation – during the day about a game that night i mean you would be you know at the gas station or you'd be in the mall <laughs> and someone would be like hey seven o'clock you got to be in front of your television you got to be right. down at the ballpark because yeah. the entire city was
1: so excited about what was happening down there and i know you guys felt that right exactly yeah uh, uh, very much so i mean it, it, it ever bit that yeah i mean uh, i don't know but you know, like uh it's, it seemed like people, they wanted to talk to you. I mean, you're yeah. like, you know, they wanted to holler at you or they wanted to say something to you. They, they wanted some kind of a short conversation with you. But really, yeah. yeah. And, and when you say holler
0: at you, it was a good thing at this point. Right. I mean, they used to holler at you in because yeah, <laughs> right. you weren't winning, but now they're hollering at you for good reasons. So That's a good thing. All right, yeah. this was going to be a great game. The pitching matchup in this one was Pedro Martinez for the Mets, Jamie Moyer for the Phillies. The Mets began the game with three straight hits and had a one run lead on the board before the Phillies even recorded an out in this one uh, another one and a half uh, innings uh, and it was two nothing Mets. so they jumped out quickly on you Jamie's first inning and he allowed two runs four hits and left the bases loaded I I know you're not panicking that early in the game but uh, you have to think to yourself all right is Jamie going to be able to get it together and now I'm gonna have to rely on my offense to kind of do it again.
1: You know, I always thought when the more uh, more I saw Jamie Moore, your pitch, I always thought uh, if he gets by the uh, if he gets through the first and second inning, uh, you know, pretty cleanly or easily, I think it uh, when you hit kind of the middle middle innings of the game, I think that's when he's uh, you know like he's using all of his pitches, yeah, and he's and he's he's not afraid to use his eighty four mile an hour fastball and throw it inside the hitters. And he starts carving up more and his confidence gets keeps growing during the game. And I think it uh for him to get through the first and second inning of the game sometimes, you know, that that was where he had some trouble. But uh when he got through there, you know, like if if like a one run or two runs, that's not too much. I mean, but if we're talking like four, five, six, then we that's a different ball game. But yeah, but James, no doubt. Yeah, when when Jamie would get you through the middle of the game uh Murph we w- we were setting pretty good. Well, so he
0: would allow another run in the second inning. So it was 3-nothing fills at at the end of 2 or 3-nothing Mets at the end of 2. Uh and obviously Jamie wasn't at his best that day, but the thing about Jamie Moore is and was <laughs> is he is such a competitor. And I know that, you know, probably the the conversations between you and Rich Doobie and Jamie as that game progressed, they're probably not the the easiest
1: conversations because Jamie is stubborn as as all get out, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> hey, Murph, I'm gonna tell a story. I I and I think I've told it to you before. We we were playing in Miami one day and it's hot, really hot. And uh, right before the game, you know, he comes in there in the dugout. Somebody says, "You know, you know what the temperature is here?" It says ninety eight degrees. And he's he's standing right there beside of me and just looked at me. and he goes goes, what are you laughing at and I said well I was just thinking about how I'd like to see this game go and he said well you tell me how you'd like to see it go (laughs) I said I said I'd like to see the leadoff hitter hit about a 500 foot home run off you and he looked at me he said are you crazy (laughs) and I go I go no I said I said said, you I, I think you'd pitch a good game he says why is that I said well with you know all the confidence and how you can take the game up and down. I said, I think the hitters are going to come up our every one of them and, and uh, see how slow you're throwing a ball and, and every one of them's <laughs> going to be trying to hit it out of the park. And then you looked at me and he said, Oh, so that's how you evaluate me. And he, goes, he goes out there a day. I don't know if you remember, but he, he gets us, I think in the eighth inning. Okay. And, 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 and we finally take him out in the eighth inning. And I, when I come in, he's, he's on laying on the table, and, uh and they take him off the table put him in the whirlpool and they ice him down when he gets out and he can't get up Murph, <laughs> he, he cannot he was so tired that he could not get off the table and i used to oh kid God. him about that but that's who he was and you know what and don't be afraid to give him the ball yeah because you' know, like i think you know like he for his, jamie moyer to pitch at long in the big league and have have the career that he had to me, like, uh, he is a, a, a guy, you know, like, that really, uh, like, proved the game wrong. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Because, no doubt. You, you know, like, who he was he was the biggest overachie- overachiever that I was ever around. Yeah.
0: You know, it's funny because, and that's exactly who he is and the name of his book, you know, he wrote a book after right. he retired and he said, tell me, I can't do it. You're right. Or tell me, I, I can't do It's the name of his book because that's what he was like, go ahead. That's what I, I thrive off of that. Right, that's right, the way Jamie right. was. I, I love Jamie and I love, yeah. uh, I loved watching him pitch because he was so crafty uh, the way he went about his business. All right. But, the Mets meanwhile are get another one in the third inning Carlos Beltran let uh, let off the inning with a single Carlos Delgado followed with another single and then uh, a name that may be familiar to some of our younger listeners Fernando Tatis the dad yeah he hit a three-run home run 6-nothing Mets the Mets team was loaded from the top to bottom offensively uh and uh you know th- this was a pretty good rivalry at this point and all of a sudden you're looking up at a 6-nothing deficit
1: Yes, with, without a doubt, they had some big hitters on that team. Of course, they had Delgado, and they had Reyes in his prime, and mm-hmm. you know, like, and they had uh, Carlos Beltran, and but Tatiso, so, you know, like if, uh, people don't re- uh, really realize they don't talk a lot about it, but Tatiso was a pretty good hitter himself. Yes, he was. I mean, I mean r- really, I remember. Him, I mean, like, uh, I, I saw him in the minor leagues and stuff, and and Murph, back then, I liked him. So yeah. him, him hitting a home run, you know, like that. that uh, Uh, I I knew he was very capable of doing something like that, but at at that time I didn't want to see it, of course. Yeah,
0: yeah. And 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 that's that's what this Mets team could do. I mean, they were a good team. And remember, you know, in two thousand seven, you guys had chased them down. There was some animosity between these two teams at this point as well. Thank you, Jimmy Rollins. And then you know, <laughs> but 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 I know neither team would have had it any other way because that's what makes it fun, right? right? You know, you, you hate the other <laughs> squad. So the Mets add another run. So it's now seven to nothing New York Mets. Finally in the fourth inning, you guys get on the board, Pedro Feliz uh, sack fly seven one at that point but what's the message from you in the dugout your fourth inning and you're down seven one against a good team what's the message up and down Are you, or do you need to tell those guys anything at this point
1: i don't need to tell them a whole lot i just gotta say hey look uh, stay stay with them let's chip away at them Let's you know like it's you know, like let's try to get something going ourselves." i said uh, we can we can come back and a lot of times hey murph i've told you this before i've had uh Howard Rollins uh, Utley and some of these guys come back and you know, like especially when we was playing the Mets and mm-hmm. in, in, in games like this uh, uh, a lot of times we had high scoring games and uh, and we would be behind and they would tell me they'd look at me one of them would or something they'd go. Hey, uh, Chuck, no worry. We got him. You know, just watch. <laughs> I mean, we got him. Hey, and, and really, and uh, we was always, we always looked at it that way. You know, yeah. we always, we, we always played out 27 outs. Exactly. Like that, that was a message that we always wanted to send. Let's yep. play the complete game. And, you know, and, uh, and basically, you know, like that's, that, that, that's what we talked about. And, and these teams, uh, you know, like these offensive teams, they played that way. I, you know, like, I I know that, that we're talking about their Mets and in the, in, in the Phillies in a huge game on 208, but the Cleveland teams that hit good always were the same way. We could come back, and this team right here could definitely come back and get you. Yeah,
0: yeah. and that's what starts to happen on this particular night. The Phillies uh, begin to get to Pedro in the fifth inning. Clay Condry leads off the inning with a double. Jimmy Rollins followed with a home run, 7-3. Chase Utley would walk. Pat Burrell would strike out, but then Ryan Howard hits a two-run shot. Boom. Just like that, it is 7-5. This team had come back so many times, you know, in the course of the year that uh, coming back for them was almost second nature at this point.
1: Right. I want to ask you something. Uh, All the time you've been around the game, when you see a team do that, when you see them get close, and a lot of times, you know, like there's two different feelings at times, and, you know, like, uh, the momentum of the game just shifted yes. and we're, we're down seven to five and it's no, it's no thought in my mind that we're not going to win this game. Right. Believe me. Right. I mean, and I guarantee you as a fan and, and, you know, and being around the game and talking about it and, and things like that, you felt the same way before. And it's, Absolutely. Hard, it's hard, it's hard to explain how you feel, but at the same time, this is the kind of team that we had back then.
0: Yeah, and you have to have that kind of feeling because uh, because part of it, start, it starts here, and then, and then <laughs> it works its way through in the physical side. You know, Charlie, I know you know this, but the 93 Phillies were the exact same way. Right. They were a team that you never felt like were out of a game, and and it wasn't until, I think, 2008 that we had that feeling again in Philadelphia, <laughs> and uh, yeah, when, when you know your team is capable of putting up Five in the blink of an eye. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're not, you're not at any game. So all right. So you're down seven-five. The Phillies add another one in the eighth on a Jimmy Rollins base hit, makes it seven-six. Once again, the bottom of the ninth though, you're trailing by one. Ryan Howard would fly out the center field to start the inning. Shane Victorino grounded out. So now you're down one, two outs. But the team <laughs> does not give up. Jason Wirth would single. Eric Bruntlett would double the right field. Bang! Game tied at seven. Just once again, and again, now it's Eric Bruntlett that's getting the job done. Jason Worth and his wheels. You know, it's just,
1: it's just a different way every night, right? Exactly. You're like the. That's why that uh, they say you got a 25 man roster, and when people are doing their job like Bruntlett, to me, Bruntlet got the big hit in this <laughs> yep. game. You're like, and for a guy to sit over on a bench, uh, I can relate to that. And come off and and get a big hit in the game. Believe me, that's 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 very important. And that's yeah. also when we talk about our team, we can talk about the depth that we had on our bench, and also the guys that we can uh, put in uh, at the end of the game to really make our defense a little bit better too. Yeah, you know, it's the thing about baseball
0: is it takes every single guy. It really does, you know, and, and more. It takes more than back then the 25-man roster. You know, you need 30 guys, 35 guys throughout the course of the season to make an impact if you're going to get all the way to the end and be a champion, and and this OA team certainly had that for sure. All right. So we're all tied up. Once again, your bullpen, terrific. Madsen pitches the 10th and the 11th. JC Romero pitches the 12th. Rudy Cienes, there's a guy that you don't talk about very much. He pitches the 13th. They allowed just two hits between them over the course of that time. So the bullpen's great. In the 13th inning, Victorino leads off with a triple. They would walk Worth, and they would walk Bruntlett. Brett Myers would pinch hit uh, for Cienez. Again, a a pitcher pinch hit. Now he struck out. He would have his moment later in the season, but he struck out there. <laughs> then Chris Coase would end it with a base hit, a game over, right. you you win the game. You, you It's a gut punch to the New York Mets after being gut punched over and over again. And, it, you know, as much as it's a, a positive for you guys, what it must have done to the Mets psyche, it, it was pretty powerful as well.
1: Exactly. Without a doubt. Uh, these games like this definitely can – you know, like that kind of drives a nail in the coffin. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, I mean, this is, this is this was a big game for us, but not only did it deflate the Mets some, but it picked us, it, we, we even got higher. And, and, yeah. you know, like, and that's kind of how the game goes. And that's why I like to stay even kill. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Because Charlie, and and again, you remember this, I'm sure, but, and this, this is a message to all the folks watching here in 2021 (laughs) and what this team is doing. You take a half game lead after winning this game, you're leading the NL East with five weeks left to play in the season, but that half game lead, in the division would disappear just like that. We didn't know it at the time, but you lost uh, in the first week of September, you dropped all the way three games back behind the Mets once again. So you guys went one way, the Mets went the other. And I would imagine people were pulling their hair out three games back with four weeks to play. But you know, we, we, we all know how it ends, but it just goes to show you that a lot can happen and you do have to stay even keel throughout the whole
1: thing. Right. You know, Murph, uh, when I think about it, what do we got? We got like 38 games left in our season. And uh, we're gonna have some. To me, we got a chance to really see some great baseball in, in those 38 games because we play a lot of games at home. I like our schedule. I mean, we we still got a couple tough tough teams to play, but at the yeah. same time, too, you know, like uh, we keep our heads up, stay even keel, come out there with a mentality that we're gonna win that game that day. We don't look back. We don't look forward and i guarantee you you know like we're gonna see some good baseball down the stretch
0: and that's what it's all about and you're talking about the yeah. 2021 team you're not talking about the 08 team at this point you're talking about this current <laughs> right. 2021 team and yes. it, it's it's really kind of it's similar because uh you were probably having the same conversations with your 08 team at that point three games back in the beginning of september that's not too much to make up it's not at all you just got to take care of business and that's exactly that's the parallel in that's right. there are, i mean
1: the, uh, you know, like the you, 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 we were in a good position with a chance yes. you know like to, to definitely do something real good. So, you know, like in sometime down toward the end of the season, that that's, that's all you can ask for at that at times. Yeah. It really? is. That's just good. be there looking forward to it, Murph.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> uh, do me a favor, sprinkle some of that 08 magic dust over top of these
1: 2021 guys and let's get it done. Right. I'll be watching every game, man. I, if not in Philly, I'll be watching them at my house. So there you that's go. And good.
0: You yeah. and me both. Charlie Manuel, always great to talk to you. We will uh, catch up with you in another week or two, and uh, we'll get to the end of this 08 season. Uh, I have yeah. a feeling it's going to end pretty good. So uh, yeah. <laughs> we will get there. But Charlie Manuel joining us here on Glove Stories. We'll be right back after this. Glove Stories with Murph is brought to you by Red Robin. Whether you're hungry for a juicy gourmet burger with bottomless steak fries and an ice cold beer or a crispy chicken tender salad and freckled lemonade, whatever you crave, there's something for everyone at Red Robin. So dine in or order curbside to go, delivery or catering. Order online now at order.redrobinpa.com. Glove Stories with Murph is presented by Parks Casino Sportsbook app. New users, download an app store or click parkscasino.com slash PA and use the promo code MONEY for first bet, risk-free, up to $500. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call one 800 GAMBLER. Glove Stories with Murph is presented by Parks Casino Sportsbook app and Red Robin and is a production of SBC Media Partners. The engineer for Glove Stories is Chad Evans. Cindy Webster is our marketing and guest relations director and our executive producer is Roger Haddon. Whether you are watching us on YouTube or downloading the podcast from one of our major podcast providers like Apple, Google, or Spotify, make sure to hit like and subscribe so that we can let you know when a new episode of Glove Stories is available. We'll release new episodes weekly throughout the 2021 Major League Baseball season.